we'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for November 7th, 2022. I've uh, got a lot to cover today, so I will go ahead and open us up in the prayer to neutralize occult rituals to start things out. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, seated at the right hand of the Father, we come in the authority given to us in Jesus Christ. We place a hedge of warring angels with flaming swords of fire around us and our families continually. We put on the whole armor of God. We resist and renounce Satan, the God of this earth. We, we rise to war by the power of the Holy Spirit against witchcraft, occult maneuvers, and devices sent against your will in the body of Christ. We ask you to dispatch legions of warring angels in full battle array to enforce our petitions and intercessory prayers. Rout your enemies on all fronts, O Lord. Turn their anger, accusations, conflict, arrogance, and wicked schemes upon themselves so that they become caught on their own snares and fall into the very pits that they have intended for others. We nullify, cancel, and oppose every satanic operation, scheme, maneuver, and strategy. Cause secret plans and agendas and motivations of the enemy to be revealed for everyone to see. We decree and declare that what these evil people and entities meant for evil, you will turn it around and use it for the good of your people. We close every evil portal that has been opened by them, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood, we break and cancel every curse, spell, hex, vex, charm, enchantment, decree, spoken or unspoken, sent against the body of Christ, the innocent, and your intercessors by every witch, warlock, satanist, sorcerer, voodoo, priest, shaman, soothsayer, medium, coven, and every minion of the devil working iniquity. May they fall into the very pits that they have dug for others. Lord Jesus, reveal your love to them. Save those that can be saved. Show them the truth about who they're serving and their eternal destination if they continue on their present path. Open their minds, ears, and eyes to receive supernatural insight and knowledge to understand the truth of the gospel. Bring them to salvation. We seal this prayer by the blood of the Lamb, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Okay, so... Um, before we kind of get into the current events and things of this nature, Psalm 23, I'm sorry, Psalm 123, a prayer for the Lord's help um, uh, from, from David. And this is Psalm, it's only four verses. And um, just start out here. So verse one, unto thee lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of the servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of the maiden under the hand of her mistress, and this all implies, you know, humility before God, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he would have mercy upon us. Verse 3, have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Now, I probably read this psalm very many times before, and it just really hit me the other day when I read this, this last part of verse three, for we, he, he's asking for God to have mercy upon him and upon, on his people, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Now this is from David, a man after God's own heart. What does that word contempt mean? Well, if we go back to Noah Webster, 1828 dictionary and um, look up that word and more closely, much more closely defines the words that were written in the King James Bible, um, which really, if you have a King James Bible, it's not a 1611. Yes, it's based off of 1611, the year, but it's a 1769, either Oxford or Cambridge edition. Those are the modern day revisions. It's not a new translation. It's a modern day, more, it's more of a revision. The 1769 was the last revision released. And it updated the Old English from the 1611, because if we had 1611 Bibles, 
most of us couldn't read them very well, uh, me included. So, um, because it was like old English. <clears throat> so, the Noah Webster 1828 Dictionary defines the word contempt, the act of despising, the act of viewing or considering and treating as mean, vile, and worthless. Disdain, hatred of what is mean or deemed vile. Now, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So, this is what this is in reference to here. Okay, we look around us and we see all this wicked, evil garbage, you know, from so many different angles that, you know, we cover here and a lot of other ministries cover. And it's very hard to not be exceedingly filled with contempt toward all this wickedness that we're seeing, all this vile, worthless, horrible sick perverted behavior david struggled with it too okay i don't think i've ever covered these verses before in all the years i've been in ministry um and i wanted to do it because i think this is going to ring true with a lot of my listeners i know it did with me now it doesn't give us a license to go around and um be filled with hatred and anger and 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 stay in that mindset the bible says be ye angry and sin not it also says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So with so many things in the Bible, I really believe it's a matter of balance, trying to find that scriptural balance, going to God with the contempt that you may be exceedingly filled with and have and asking him to have mercy upon you. That's what David did. That's what he did. Because that, you know, it says it in, in verse three. The word is one of the strongest strongest expressions of a mean opinion which the language affords. And again, this is No Webster 1828 Dictionary. So it's the act of despising. Next verse, verse 4, our soul, and again it's reiterated here, our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease. Now, it's, it's kind of further defining the word contempt here. It's, it's another way of putting it. Whereas our soul is exceedingly filled with scorning of those that are at ease. And scorning is very, very much like what we just said. I, I looked it up and it's very close to the um, definition of contempt. But then it says scorning of those that are at ease. And that word ease in the 1828 dictionary uh, means careless, wanton, arrogant, proud. And, and you, that's, you know, you look at all these wicked devils that are in high places. You look at the LGBTQ movement. You look at the pro-baby-killing uh, crowd. Um, every manner of wickedness that you see, you see a lot of careless wanton arrogant prideful behavior those are e that and that word means ease those are ease our soul is exceedingly filled with scorning like contempt of those that are at ease and with the contempt there's that word again of the proud which further reiterates and defines what we're talking about here now the word proud in the 1828 webster's if we look at that a couple different definitions having inordinate self-esteem Possessing a high or unreasonable conceit of one's own excellence. 
you're a legend in your own mind in other words okay um an unreasonable conceit of one's own excellence either of body or mind so you could think oh i'm so smart you know mind okay i'm smarter than everyone else or or my body is looks better than everyone or i can do things with my body that other people can't do so you there's a lot of reasons you could have pride could well up another uh definition is arrogant or haughty so i just kind of wanted to give those verses because that covers a lot of ground and um it's something that david struggled with and I believe when he struggled with it, he went right back to the Lord and asked him for mercy. And probably, you know, the grace to be angry and sin not. The the great and, and again, this is why I think imprecatory prayers exist as well, though. You know, um, and if you're not familiar with that concept, just key in Psalm 64 at contendingfortruth.com. Psalm 64, imprecatory prayers, a Christian's door of hope. It's one of them. It's not the only one. And there's other psalms and precatory prayers. And we'll define all that out for you. It's life-changing. It's, uh, it, it's one of the things that had the greatest impact on me when I got a hold of that concept. After I was saved. And it'll be encouraging to you as well. So, Then, um, then there's this little video that I wanted to play. And it, this is called Come Out of Her, My People. And we're going to go over some Bible verses as well here. Uh, let's see here. Let's go ahead and play this. Grains of salt. Get out of her, my people. I was going to do a whole video just on Catherine Brownlaw and her connections. I saw Revealing Truth make a video um, concerning this presence conference with many speakers. In so there. it looks like there's some conference coming up on may 20th through 23rd of next year uh oh no this is actually a re-upload but this is just as applicable today as it would have been when it was recorded it, it basically a whole bunch of reprobate pastors really uh of maybe new apostolic Re uh reformation the benny hens the these types of people that were going to be at this conference speaking. And this is so the trend in the last, increasingly in the last 10 years, where you have these gigantic rallies and you have uniting 70 plus worldwide healing ministries. I wonder how many of those healing ministries are really producing real fruit. And so many supposed prophets that get it right, or I'm sorry, get it wrong the majority of the time. But that's all ignored and it's all water under the bridge they just go to their next false prophecy that's been my experience and that i've seen over and over and over yeah benny hinn is one of the people speaking at this and these draw tremendous probably thousands and thousands of people in and they can really really rake in the money and, and you've got a flavor for about everyone there because this is going to appeal to a very wide swath of um christians out there that maybe are followers of these people. Anyway, I'll let this video play. That you most likely are already aware of that are false prophets or false teachers. 
Um, but I'm going to keep this really short. I got excited because she had a connection to Finland. And so, because I knew... this is this Catherine Ronula. And it's not the reason I'm playing this video. It's more the little sermon that you're going to... A little mini sermon that you're going to hear here that covers a lot of ground. The name sounded Finnish. So she, her husband, Tom Ronula, serves as the Honorary Council of Finland in Brisbane. But instead of going through all the speakers and uh, more, since I don't have a lot of time, I'm just going to show you some pictures. And they say pictures speaks like a thousand words. Before I go, though, that should already raise a red flag. But let's move on. So pictures. Scrolling through her Facebook page, I found a comment um, about Cindy Jacobs. And that was a big red flag for me. She was at the SEND conference. You can watch my video on that. There she is with Bill Johnson's wife and Cindy Jacobs. Already two major red flags. Paula White, Ooh. Heidi Baker. Now, I've done many studies on Paula White. They're taking a picture together. And again, this is such a gigantic trend. Now, this was back in 2020, this conference she's in reference to. But it's just is more, it's even more applicable today. You're seeing this dynamic taking place. You're seeing it with these all these doctors that are on the side of you know the freedom and in, in, in the um, restore America and <clears throat> the ones against COVID. And I've talked a lot about this in the last couple years. There's so many red flags and in, in pe um, people that they're yoking up that are overtly hardcore new age and the bible says to to be not an equally yoked together with unbelievers and we're not supposed to do that and to come out from among them and be separate saith the lord and touch not the unclean thing and i will receive you and yet now it's just the norm to just go and yoke up and join hands with you know any and all varieties of of speakers and things of this nature so she obviously has her connections. She's on all the... Yeah, she's on the 700 Club, and we, we just exposed them. It was last week or the week before. TV shows, CBN, you know, it's Supernatural. And then, of course, Jim Baker's show. <sighs> and then her teachings are on the... Is that Jim Baker's wife? Lord have mercy. It's, it's like a... It's like a, um, a, a... That one that he was married to before, before he got thrown in prison it's just like the same spirit on these women this in in the the countenance of their face and it's just like wow i mean really and people just fall for it right over again they just go right back you know i've had all that stuff happen to him and he comes back and then he just rebrands himself and and as a dog returned through his own vomit i'm sorry but you know that's all i can really think i mean there are so many deceivers out there and it's always about the love of money typically and pride and prestige but that goes along with the love of money and in this type of stuff star lance wall now is there todd white is there yeah. bill johnson a picture with and rick joiner mm. you know i i was not going to make a lot of videos on these false pastors but then when i saw this 
video today. It just brought me to tears, and I'm going to add the link. Please watch this in its entirety, but here's just a few clips from it. Listen to me like you've never listened to me, ever in your life. All right, the, the, the audio on this is super low here. I'll see if I can get it. This is Carter Conlon of, I believe, Times Square Church in New York City. And um, this is who you're hearing. Several years ago, <clears throat> a particular gospel landed on the southern shores of the United States. You might say that the American church was invaded. I remember crying out to God, God, how could it be? How could it be? How could this thing happen to your church? You see, folks, we've forgotten something. Here we are in New York and the Twin Towers have come down and the Pentagon has been attacked. And rightfully, we can say the walls are down. And the justice of God is touching a, a nation that has rejected truth. But we forget the judgment begins in the house of God. The arrival of this gospel was the judgment of God on a slumbering church. A church that wanted prosperity and security. They wanted no cross, no word, no repentance, no cutting of the sword. No living water. They wanted to feel good. And so God, you'll see the Old Testament poured a spirit of drunkenness on what called itself the church of Jesus Christ. It was the judgment of God. It began in the church. And I remember saying to other people, it will not be long. And the judgment will be touching the shores of North America. Because it's begun in the house of God. I knew it when this started. The judgment was at the door. I speak from a heart of passion. I condemn no one. I speak from a heart of passion. Like Elijah did. Say, mighty God, you've got to come again. Your people are captured. Your, your people have been taken captive by Baal. We're living in a generation when truth is falling into the streets. I want to be among those that are not running away from the conflict, but running into the conflict and saying, run for your life. Church is where the worship leaves you cold. There is no sense of God because they don't know God. Run. Run from churches where you're comfortable in your sins. That's a table of devils. If you come into the house of God and you've got sin in your life and you're not convicted of it, you're at a table of devils. Run from pulpits that are filled with political men who are using the pulpit of God for a personal political agenda. Run. Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run. Run, get out, turn it off, get away from it. They know nothing of God. Run from ungodly, spasmodic movements and endless, empty prophesying. Beloved church, run for your life. Run. I'm showing a uh, thing from Jesse Duplantis, and it says, they're showing headlines in the background 
A televangelist wants his followers to pay for a $54 million private jet. It's his fourth. I don't know if it's jet or plane. They're calling it a plane. Well, it's a jet. And uh, Prosperity Gospel, televangelist Jesse Duplicitous, I mean Duplantis, sorry, told his followers the Redeemer would probably take a pass on riding on the back of a donkey. Evidently now he would. He'd be on an airplane preaching the gospel all over the world. And um, Duplantis thinks that the light of the world, uh, um, evidently Jesus, wouldn't settle for anything less than 30 inches of legroom. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't exactly settle for 30 inches of legroom or getting patted down by TSA. So he said, why would he choose anything less than a Falcon 7X, a private jet that nears the sound barrier? So that's Jesse Duplicitous there. Just one of the multitudes of examples of these uh, hirelings that have no love for the sheep. They're doing it for the hire. I mean, they're doing it for the money. But the true shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. And um, but they won't. Not not these are these are vessels of Satan. These are ministers of Satan. And it's no marvel if Satan can transform himself in, you know, to an angel of light that his ministers, his ministers, Satan's ministers, can transform themselves into what to appear as ministers of righteousness. They're not ministers of righteousness, but they'll try to con you into believing they are. Preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes run like you've never run before run for those that are only after your money and they use one gimmick after another one foolish thing after another to get your money run so all those faces you saw there with Ronala are some that you'll see right here and here's it's showing uh hold on i want to back that up here it's showing John and Kara Arnott, Randy Clark, Kenneth Copeland, and the Pope. I mean, it's the Pope from the Catholic Church. And um, all together taking a nice big old group picture. And uh, James and Betty Rob Robeson and Tony Palmer, Jeff Tunnicliffe, Tunnicliffe. Some of these are not that familiar with. But yeah, I mean, birds of, of a satanic feather tend to flock together in... in they're all on the same team, and this is all the same team that's going to bring you into the one world religion under Antichrist. There's going to come some point where they will totally, 100% throw off any facade of Christianity and point you, their followers, and I'm going to say my listeners are, but their followers, they will point them to the Antichrist and false prophet as the coming hope. That, that day's coming, mark it down, as they used to say in the Still do, I'm sure, in the Baptist church. Marker down is actually how they typically refer to it as. That day's coming. All those hirelings are going to point toward the Antichrist and the false prophet and the one world religion. Probably going to point to him as, as the second coming of Jesus. Or I guess, you know, yeah. Those days are coming. Are some that you'll see right here. Maybe they're the others that kiss the feet of the priest to show unity like Lou Engle. Maybe it's Rick Joyner, who's a Knights of Templar. No, it's Knights of Malta. Okay. She even says Knights of Malta and everything. But it, he's with Jerry Boykin. General Jerry Boykin. Don't you hear him? 
Have you heard him a lot over the last years? He's on Sean Hannity. He's, he's on a lot of these different religious shows. They're both Knights of Malta, which is basically like a Freemasonic type of secret society on steroids. They're, they're open. Here's the picture of them both. They're, they're not trying to hide it. Where they have all their secret gestures and mannerisms in, in their oaths that they take, these blood oaths that they take far supersede anything that they would ever, any kind of oath they would ever make to God. They're in their uniforms here. They're Knights of Malta uniforms. Uh, Jerry Boykin and Rick Joyner. Anyway, let's go further. I have videos from the send, other videos that wa you can watch, and other YouTubers that I can connect you with to get more information, but research for yourself. I've been questioning all this for a oh, long... Oh, wow, I never really saw the parallels, but it, she's showing the family crest of the Rothschilds, and then you look at the family crest of TBN, Trinity Broadcasting, and it's incredibly similar. The Rothschild, which is the most high-level, wicked, evil bloodline of the 13 families of the Illuminati on the planet, they're, they're the, I would say they're at the absolute top of the food chain for my research. And that goes back 25 years. On the right side of the family crest, if you're looking at it, there is a lion. And on the right side of the Trinity Broadcasting Network, there is a lion in there. And then on the left side is a horse. And it's the same for TBN, except on the Rothschild, it's a, it's a unicorn. But they're both white horses. They're both, like, yellow lions. Very, they, they both have a crown at the top of their family crest. Incredibly similar. And that, they're, they're just, they're trying to communicate to you in plain sight that they're wicked and evil and that they're all on the same team but they're doing it in, in a Kabbalistic way meaning with symbolism and these types of things but in their eyes you from a Luciferian standpoint you have been warned and if you don't choose to do your own research and you choose to be destroyed for lack of knowledge and you choose to be ignorant of Satan, Satan's devices then he will get an advantage of you and that's how the people at TBN view their followers and their listeners they view them in that so from a luciferian standpoint they say you're without excuse you've been warned time and i've wondered why no one has repented why no one has spoken up about this i love it when people make blanket statements no one has repented no one has spoken up about this that's all i've been doing since 06 and i know there's others out there that are doing it as well so i i not real wild on those types of blanket statements but she has a, a slide here that says what is black belt yoga e houston posted this picture in april of 2018 joel houston standing in a yoga position i guess that's one of these supposed christians and they're doing and this is a big one pulling pulling yoga and keen yoga i've done tons of studies on new age yoga i mean my mom was heavily involved in yoga when i from when i was a little kid on upward um, and, um, yoga is a, 
Yogi, uh, Yogi, okay. Not Yogi Bear and Boo Boo, okay. We're, we're not dealing with, what's that, Camp Jellystone or whatever, the, the cartoon? No, no, it's, it's close. But it's not quite the same. A Yogi, and again, not Yogi Bear, is a person who has spent many years practicing the philosophy of yoga, which is a religious practice, okay. And is considered to have reached an advanced spiritual state. Ah, yeah. Yoga or yug means to join or unite. A master of yoga, an adherent of yoga philosophy. Um, a black belt yogi is they kneel before a master sensei. And this is now you get into martial arts. And I've done teachings on martial arts. It's one thing to stretch. It's another thing to maybe... Uh, participate in like things where you're learning self-defense and these types of things but it's another when you start commingling it with the new age stuff okay that's where i try to always draw the line i was i mean like i said it's not like i've been when i was brought up i uh, totally immersed in yoga my mom had me trying to get me to do it more she got one of her best friends her name was Candy, who actually ended up becoming like a really, really, really high-level yoga instructor. Flew all over the earth to lose all to find out all the different, you know, she went to India and all kind of places to get advanced certifications. Had a yoga studio for I believe many years. Uh, it's funny her yoga studio was right where, right as the crows fly, as the crow flies. It was probably about. Hmm. maybe mm, a mile and a half where Ian came on shore. It was right there. It wasn't on Sanibel Island, but it was behind it in, in the barrier island. Well, not the island, but it was in the it was in the area behind Sanibel Island. Anyway, um, so I've been immersed in that. And I was, I mean, I remember when I was, I don't know, probably like 11 or 12, my dad got me into, uh, encouraged me to go into Taekwondo. You know, I got like, I went to like a green belt first degree, did that for quite a while. Um, so I've been involved in a lot of this stuff growing up. Um, so yoga is a Hindu and Buddhist mysticism practice. It, it is part of those religions. And it's not for Christians. No Christian should do it. Kian Yoga, again, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, I've done whole studies on this. And here it shows, I guess, two people that are Esther Houston. She's put, posting this on her, looks like a Facebook page. And she's in a full headstand position. And then, you know, I don't know. But again, what is this doing? This is sending a green light to her followers to say, get into this, do this. And it's very, very dangerous. A few about yoga and the Hillsong leaders doing it. Videos on saying they were never really from us. And yeah. no one is listening. Skull okay, and no one is listening. What about your listeners? <laughs> what about the people that are listening? Okay, so I again, I'm not real big on those kind of blanket statements when a lot of people are, and a lot of people have woke up regarding this. Owns inside the church all their symbolism 
all of it on pastors. Famine is here. If you haven't seen it and don't understand, you haven't opened your eyes. Famine for the Word of God is what she's in reference to in the book of Amos. Because it's a theater and a circus and a concert. It is not a church service where you have Hillsong playing Aerosmith in their conference. Wow. Where you have Vu Church playing Havana song in their church. Leb Zeppelin, spelt wrong, I'm sorry. I mean, these, are, these are overt satanic rock groups. In their church. Nirvana, Katy Perry, so many others. Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive her plagues. This is a word now for you today. Drink waters out of thine own cistern and running waters out of thine own well. God says, listen, look up for a minute. If you will come to me, if you'll come to me in truth, if you'll believe on me, out of your belly are going to flow rivers of living water. I will, I will teach you how to dig your own well. I will open your eyes. I will show you this book. I will lead you into truth. I will guide you with mine eye, he says in the scriptures. Drink waters out of that which I'm going to give you and running waters out of your own well. Thanks be to God. The whole church in the world can backslide. But those that are genuine have a well that has been dug. They're not going to be moved by whatever anybody says. I know what God says. I know who God is. He has given me living water. And I'm not satisfied with the rantings and ravings of fools. I have living water. And there's some people listening to my voice by tape in the future. You've got to get out of where you are. You've got to dig a well in your own house, find some friends that are willing to walk with God, start talking to them about the things of Jesus, get together and begin to pray, and God will meet you and give you living water. Yeah, again, that, this is where we've got, and again, this is a gigantic reason why this ministry started, because, I mean, I've been, I've kind of, I mean, I've been in a lot of different religious movements, you know, Lutheran middle school, Catholic high school, Pentecostal, hardcore charismania, the strictest sects of independent fundamental unincorporated Baptist than just regular Baptist. And I just saw this gigantic need. I just saw so much of what was never, ever preached on, never talked about, never. And I just thought that there was this tremendous need for not to say this is a church because this is not but to get truth out and again it's why we have contendingfortruth.com but one of the most frequent questions i've gotten over the years is okay well where do i go and what do i you know and i don't know how to answer that question i really don't i tell them to pray and fast that is the, that is the and he's basically kind of saying in a way the same thing because they're so, I don't want to tell you to go to the wrong church. And and 99% of the time, unfortunately, depending on your area, and, and, and again, praying fast, but I shouldn't say 99, but a majority of the time, if you just pick a random church and go there, it's going to probably be the wrong choice. Okay, I think I can clearly say that i mean again you've got the 501c3 aspect where you have to literally go to the government to get your right to exist as a ministry nowhere in the bible 
is that condoned or permitted or advocated. The denominational system is unbiblical as well. One saith I am of Apollos, one saith I am of Paul, one saith I am of Jesus. Is Christ divided? Is the way it, it talks about it in the Bible, in the New Testament. No, Christ is not divided. So the denominational system is also not biblical. Now I'm not saying that every single whatever church out there is unbiblical. It's just that be careful, pray fast, or if you have to, start your own home fellowship. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And that's really the church. The essence of the church is that. Is where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I mean, if you look at the word church in the New Testament, okay, and, and we look at Strong's Concordance, Outline of biblical usage, a gathering of citizens called out of their homes into some public place, or I don't see why it has to be public. Could be it's a lot of times it's going to be private. I mean, we're moving more in that direction where you're not going to want to advertise. Uh for obvious reasons. And in a, in a Christian sense, an assembly of Christians gathered for worship in a religious meeting. And that could be two. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That's what Jesus Christ said. Um, a company of Christians or those who hope, the hoping for eternal salvation through Jesus Christ. Uh, so the whole body of Christians scattered throughout the earth. There's different there's different ways in which the church is defined. The simplest, most, you know, definition is, I believe, a called out assembly of Christians, you know, gathering together, essentially. The, the problem is, is in today's day and age, a little, uh, and again, this is was true when Jesus Christ walked the earth and he warned that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump in, you know, bad doctrine loves to come in and Satan loves to throw monkey wrenches into stuff and that's why I say pray fast this is something between you and the Lord I can't give any good definitive advice about where advice about where to go at this point and it's because things are such a mess and the Bible predicted that it was going to be this way there was going, I mean, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. There's going to be a falling away. Well, that falling away of the church, the apostasy, which is where the words derive from, apostia, that's in full swing. So, uh, anyway, let's go back to this. It's almost over here. So remember God's word. Follow God and not man, not people. And trust in Jesus like your life depends on it because it does right now. I'll add all the links. God bless. I hope this brought fire to you and, and it really made it touched me and I hope it touches you. God bless. Stay close to Christ. Okay. So we have that. Now the verses that he was talking about, I want to get a little more into those and then we'll get into our, the main part of our study. 
where he said, this is something I've never, if you listen to the pastor there, he was talking about this judgment of God. Judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. And I was always thinking, well, oh, it's it's going to be some fire and brimstone type of judgment from, from heaven or some type of really obvious thing. And I know that there's examples of of this kind of taking place. And I don't mean fire and brimstone. I mean more like people being caught, high-level pastors or ministers or whatever being caught doing great evil and wickedness. That That has happened to a certain extent. But the judgment that he was in reference to, I never looked at it this way. And that's when I want to read these verses that he started with. Isaiah 29, 9. Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. Well, what, what's that an example of? Well, I've been there. Charismania. Charismatic Church. New Apostolic Reformation. A lot of other Pentecostal. You go in there, and it was showing all this these examples online. The people look drunk, or it gets to a point in the service where that can happen. They call it, you know, hey, the that guy um, from the Browns Brownsville revival, um, the Holy Ghost. He called himself, and I don't, I don't. He called himself the Holy Ghost bartender, Rodney Howard Brown. Okay. He had he has such little fear of God where he would call himself the Holy Ghost bartender. Mm, better be real, real super careful, because now you're you're talking about the unpardonable sin. That's a whole other subject, but I wouldn't be messing around with that term. And that's what he referred to himself as the Holy Ghost bartender. Have another drink. Belly up to the bar. He was going to give it to you. And him and a whole bunch of these other charismatics and the people that flock into those circles, a lot of them are Trinity brought TBN crowds and Sid Roth and these types of people. They're drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. I remember that one guy that I think it was Todd White who, who was one of those guys on there. He and he was more toking. They his big thing was toking, like pot smoking, the Holy Ghost. And and they would they would have like fake or or pipes or something that you would supposedly take a hit on and you were you would get high or whatever. I mean, this is stuff that you really really don't want to have anything to do with i mean talk about grieving the holy spirit talk about offending the holy spirit ah man i mean it's just rank rank blasphemy but in the video and if you watch that video because i know you can only hear it because i'm on an audio there these people are you know they got the benny hen types and the Kenneth Copeland's and the, these types, Rodney Howard Browns, and and they people start acting drunk in the Pentecostal. I I've been there. I've been there. I mean, 
I'm not saying, I, I don't think I ever act drunk. But I've been there and I've witnessed that type of behavior. And the Bible says right here in Isaiah 29, 9, they're drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. Well, what's this coming from? Well, let's go to verse 10. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep. So if you ever wondered what that was, when you see the charismatics and the new apostolic reformation and, and these types of people that get into this, if you ever wondered what that was, well, according to what the word of God says, the Lord hath poured out upon them the spirit of deep sleep and hath closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. So the prophets, who we, we all know in those types of movements, are, are all false. I've never seen one that got any kind of prophecy right. And according to Deuteronomy 18, in the Old Testament, now I know we're not under Old Testament Levitical law, but in the Old Testament, you take that person out and stone them because they're false prophets. But today, no, they just go from one false prophecy to the next. So it's a spirit of deep sleep. He's closed their eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath thee covered. The seers are like, you know, like the ones that can see into the future or whatever. And typically, that's, I think in this context, it's, it's like more of an occult. But it's because God has done this. God has poured out the spirit of deep sleep and has closed their eyes. And then at verse 11, and the vision of all has become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed. So it's like you have a book, okay? And you want to read it, but you can't because it's sealed shut. Which men deliver to one that is learned. So they try to deliver this book, this sealed book to one that is learned, meaning one that is educated. Like let's say a theologian, somebody with a whole bunch of theology degrees or whatever i never went to cemetery i mean seminary i'm not saying they're all horrible i'm not i'm just saying i'm glad i didn't because i have not seen it bear out really great fruit for the most part when they're teaching their adherence well yoke up with the government with your 501c3 and don't read the king james read all these other versions that are all just as good and Make sure you go to the state for your right to uh, pronounce people man and wife by the authority vested in me by the state of North Carolina. I now pronounce thee man and wife. Wouldn't that authority be given from God? I'm just saying there's some pretty big red flags here if you ask me. I'm glad I never went that route. I got my doctorate. It's in chiropractic. I just relied on the, the Holy Spirit to teach me by reading his word. I'm not saying I'm better. I'm just saying I'm... <laughs> Personally, for me, it was not the way to go. The vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, read this, I pray thee. And he saith, meaning the, the person that is learned, let's say the theologian in this case, he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. The book's sealed. He can't read it. Remember, this is a learned one under God's judgment. This is a learned one who God has poured out the spirit of deep sleep and has closed their eyes. 
as he has done to the prophets, the rulers, and the seers. He's done it to the learned. So this is totally describing the day and times we're living in. When you've got 99% of the body of Christ out there, yoked up with the government through their 501c3 corporate, who does, don't think there's any, you know, there's so many things that they're doing that are biblically incorrect. And they're kind of all on the same team for the most part, to varying degrees. Most of them, not all, most. And the Bible predicted it was going to be this way. So it's like walking into the, the whole realm of churches out there is like walking into a minefield. That's why I say praying fast about it. Try to find people of like mind that you can trust, where you can come together, where two or three are gathered together in my, in my name, there I am in the midst of them. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000. I mean, there's power, even with two people. Then in the next verse, verse 12, in the book, is basically then delivered the book is delivered to him that is not learned so like okay well the learned guy couldn't interpret the, the book can the not learned interpret it saying we say to the not learned read this i pray thee and he saith i am not learned so they, they can't even read the book Next verse, wherefore the Lord saith, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips they do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. So their version of the fear of the Lord, of the fear of the Lord is taught by the precepts of men. These are the same men that are totally deceived and that have that God hath poured out the spirit of deep sleep and have closed their eyes. So you're not going to learn the proper definition of the fear of the Lord from these men. Which again, as I've said over and over, is like one of the most important concepts in the whole Bible. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. There's more blessings connected with fear of the Lord than there just about is anything discussed in the Bible. Overall, at least. And what is always connected with the fear of the Lord? Humility. Before God, primarily, and then your fellow man. It's connected. It's integral. You really can't have one without the other. How can you be operating in massive fear of, or in fear of the Lord toward God and then not have a humble attitude toward him? It doesn't make sense, you know? So the fear of the Lord is taught by the precept of men. And if that wasn't a big deal, I don't think God would have mentioned it. Next verse, therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among the people. Now, this doesn't mean marvelous in, in the effect of, oh, it's going to be awesomely godly and great. It's not that at all. Even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom, and this is the marvel, this is the wonder, this is the wonder this is the marvelous, which can also mean like extraordinary, the word marvelous. Okay, I just looked it up in the 
concordance. For the wisdom of the wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. So those that are considered the most learned, their wise men, well, their wisdom is going to perish. That's going to be what you would expect in this type of environment, which is the exact environment that we're in right now, which is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. And then in concordance with all that, the wicked, capital W, the Antichrist arises. And then you look in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and it says, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie. This is the strong delusion. This is basically the strong delusion that's being, or a strong delusion that's being described here in Isaiah 29. God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth. They delighted in lies, in other words, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That's the norm. The norm is people want their ears tickled. The norm is people want to be told something that's going to build up their ego and their pride. They don't want to be told negative things. They don't want to have to repent of their sins like the preacher was saying. And I'm not saying this like I'm some whatever, like I'm so perfect. I'm just saying that's that's kind of the norm in this society that we're describing. Or in that, you know, what there, what is being described here in Isaiah 29 in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The wisdom of the wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Verse 15, Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord. And their works are in the dark. And they say, Who seeth us? With a question mark. And who knoweth us? Meaning they think they're doing something and getting something over on God. They're doing wicked things in private. And they think they're getting something over on God and they're not getting anything over on God because God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. So I, I just thought that that really, in, in the thing where, where the pastor talked about judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. This is the judgment. I, I was thinking, oh, it's going to be fire and brimstone raining down on like Benny Hinn's cathedral or something. <laughs> he doesn't have a cathedral, but I'm just saying. Maybe that, maybe something like that will happen eventually. But the way the pastor, uh, Carter was talking about was this was the judgment they're drunken not with wine they stagger not with strong drink why because the Lord had poured out upon them the spirit of deep sleep and had closed their eyes see that is a sign of God's judgment all the stuff going on in the crazy Pentecostal uh, or, or really charismatic and new apostolic reformation and, and all of these networks that promote this junk that is a that is a primary sign of God's judgment but see they want to glory in their shame they want to say oh no we're better look at what's happened to us we can do this we speak in tongues we're better than you type of thing and I'm not I'm not even gonna you know that's a whole other subject regarding speaking in tongues but God is not the author of confusion and the Bible says that in the church, everything should be done in decency and in order. So if you go to a church and you see all that garbage going on, well, you know it's not of God. 
The Bible also says, lay hands suddenly on no man and be not partakers of their sins. So that's that implies almost demonic transfer. Like the apostles could could um, transfer healing by laying on of hands. That can be a good thing if it's in a biblical sense. But if you lay hands on suddenly on um, on somebody and you haven't prayed about it and you just think, oh, you're caught up in this heartfelt experience or whatever, you can literally be receiving demons. Why would it say that if, if that wasn't the case? Neither be partaker of other man's sins. Lay hands suddenly on no man. So all this stuff is going on in the church. Or, or in not every church, obviously, but in the Pentecostal, Charismatic, slash New Apostolic Reformation, slash probably Dominionism, slash who knows what else. A lot of that's going on. And that in and of itself is a sign. Judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. Is a sign that's that's been happening for a long time. I never looked at it that way, but that's what he was trying to get across. The little message we heard from the pastor. So I thought that would be interesting to cover that, because that was I I had an epiphany about the whole thing as well. Okay, so let's go. Uh, first report here is good old Elon Musk wears costume with Baphomet also known as the goat of mendez and the inverted cross for halloween and here's a picture of good old elon musk in his um he's got a nice it's, it's a red and black uh like leather body armor before attending heidi klum's halloween party musk took to twitter to show off his halloween costume his costume quickly garnered users attention due to the fact that he wore red and black leather body armor that was decorated with a giant baphomet goat head um and had an inverted cross that had an inverted cross on its forehead i mean it's you know not pretty subtle you know when he's you know basically his father is the devil and he loves satan and he wants to show everybody how much he loves satan um the little armbands also have the same inverted um, Baphomet head with the upside down cross so he's got one Baphomet upside down cross on each arm and then one on his chest per the Daily Mail Musk's outfit is the devil's champion leather armor set that retails for 7500 uh, you can buy it online as of right now it's quite fair to question why the world's richest man who is also a major US defense contractor through SpaceX which is one of the companies we pray against in the prayer um current event prayer points let me just read that again as of right now it's a quite fair to question why the world's well he's not the world's richest man trust me the Rothschilds are way richer but anyway he's some figurehead for the world's richest man is also a major u.s defense contractor for spacex and the owner of Neuralink, a company attempting to a company attempting to hook the human brain up to computers is wearing a baphomet coupled with and inverted crosses as as though it's a badge of honor. And here is a picture of him and Mommy Dearest, his his freak mother, who is just about the weirdest, freakiest woman I've ever seen. I, I think in his girlfriend, I don't know. They're all pretty much, you know, he's in his little um, Baphomet outfit and they're dressed in black and... Um, the mom, I don't know if she's wearing contacts or just whether that's her normal state. Her eyes look like they're um, something out of Friday the 13th. 
her eyes look really satanic. And um, she's the one that spawned this devil. And it's really weird. He has all these pictures of him and his mom. Just... Um, she's the one wearing also the obnoxious boots. She's got these gigantic boots on. And she's in this black leather trench coat. So yeah, there's, there's a little family portrait there of them. And here's some um, better photos of Elon Musk if you want to see him. One comment about this, right? I wonder if his handlers made him do this in public to prove to the other Satanists they don't have anything to worry about with Twitter and Elon Musk's WEF, World Economic Forum, hands. Yeah, we talked about that last week, actually. And then we have this. Um, I wanted to kind of cover this as well. Right, left paradigm in full view. Controlled opposition. Tucker Carlson exposed. Be careful whom you are following as there are so many gatekeepers and controlled opposition um, who are all working for the same puppet masters, the New World Order, the CIA, the banking elites, etc. Okay, so there's a, there's a whole half hour video. I'm not going to play it. I'm going to play it a little bit of one video. Um, here's a link to Tucker Carlson wears a Kabbalah bracelet. He's wearing the red string bracelet, just like, uh, Trump's daughters and his ex-wives do and this type of stuff. And a lot of people in Hollywood like Madonna and them. Tucker Carlson is also a regular comment ping pong, which is where they had all the James Oliphanta stuff with the child molestation and Hillary Clinton and Huma Abedin and the kill room and the Podestas and all that fun stuff that we reported on. Just can't comment ping pong if you're not aware of that. He's a frequent He's a frequent regular there. Here's a link for that. Then I had a, a listener email me back in 2020. And he said, Justin, and he said, what are your thoughts on Tucker Carlson? I've noticed a few references to him on some of your PDFs, but I've also had some reservations about him. I believe Fox is nothing more than controlled opposition to the liberal agenda and that in, that it's in its final stages of, of um, completion in, in America. And my response was yes, Um I played some of his clips, I do, but I do think he's a plant and controlled opposition. Now, I'm going to play this clip. There is some profanity in this, okay? I'll, I'll, I, hopefully, I can maybe get to it here. Um, but I'm, I'm only going to play about three minutes of this. And it's a good, it's kind of a good, covers a lot of ground in, in a three-minute period here. And that's why I wanted to kind of do something. I didn't want to devote a ton of time to this today, but um, I'm going to go ahead and roll this now. Tucker Carlson likes to brand himself as a real man of the people. Politicians, big business, the media, they are all on the same side. Taking on the liberal elite, now Democrats have become the party of the elite professional class. And standing up for everyday Americans. It's not a left-right thing, it's a ruling class versus everybody else thing. He wrote a whole book about how America's selfish ruling class is bringing the country to the brink of revolution. Selfish ruling class, so you, you need to remember that. Vision helps them maintain their power, even as, even as it destroys our country. The Atlantic even calls him the bow-tied bard of populism. Yeah, I understand. This is a liberal putting this video together. He's a liberal little uh, gay guy, it looks like. But what he's saying regarding this particular... It's, easily to find, it's easy to find out this, this information is true, and it's easily verifiable what he's talking about here. But that's why I'm only going to play a few minutes of this as well problem is the corrupt and decadent leadership of our own elites the elites liberal elites it is sickening and we've had enough of it there's just one problem with tucker's man of the people shtick you're about the most unord okay so this is where we get in a little bit of the profanity so this is a guy that's interviewing him it's it's a pretty common um audio clip that's available online i've heard this many times and he's going to play this clip here tucker's man of the people shtick 
You're about the most unordinary person I know. You're an elitist. You're an asshole. No, no, no. I'm a t but see, I'm an out-of-the-closet elitist. I don't run around pretending to be a man of the people. I'm absolutely not a man of the people at all. Yeah. Tucker's full name is Tucker Swanson McNear Carlson. His stepmom is the heiress to the Swanson frozen food empire. He went to an elite boarding school in Rhode Island, got famous for wearing bow ties on national television, and has spent his professional career bouncing between cushy cable news jobs. By all measures, Tucker Carlson is a member of the American elite. How do you pay your bills? Well, I'm, like, extraordinarily loaded just from, like, money I, you know, inherited. You're a trust fund baby, are you not? No, completely. I've never needed to work. I mean, it's all just the whole cable news thing. It was like a phase I was going through. So what is going on here? Why would a guy who bragged about being an out-of-the-closet elitist host a show where he rails against the ruling class? <laughs> That's because it's right-left paradigm all in full view. And it's not that hard to find this information about Tucker Carlson. He's not a man of the people. He is an elitist. He's been put there as a gatekeeper for Fox and like Sean Hannity and these other types of people to make you feel all warm and fuzzy and that, you know, we're fighting the bad guys and, and we're going to win and all that. Now, granted, we are going to win. If you're a Christian, you are on the winning team. Just bear in mind, just like Trump, you know, so many people... Fell for that hook, line, and sinker regarding Trump, who was nothing more than a, you know, child-molesting Satanist, debauched devil, and has been since, you know, his early childhood, most likely. And we've proven that over and over and over again about Trump. Actually, a pretty simple explanation for Tucker's new shtick. And it's called false consciousness. But see, I'm an out-of-the-closet elitist. I don't run around pretending to be a man of the people. The elites to whom the rest of us... But yes, he does run around pretending to be a man of the people. He totally does that. Please look on in awe. I'm absolutely not a man of the people at all. False consciousness is one of those phrases that grad students use to sound smart at parties. But essentially, it's a term in Marxist theory that describes when working class people are tricked into accepting their exploitation. So let's say you and your coworkers are feeling- Isn't that what the right line par right left paradigm is? They're, they're, you're tricked as a conservative into adopting the, you know, this type of stuff. Again, a lot of times what he could be, he could come out with a broadcast and 100% of it could be true. 100% of it might be something you totally agree with. Okay, but just bear in mind who is controlling him at the end of the day. Frustrated and start thinking of forming a union. To stop you, your boss might say, You don't need a union. The real problem is all these women taking maternity leave. If they weren't taking so much time off, we'd all be able to go home right now. Or they might say, It's these damn privileged millennials. They're so obsessed with work-life balance that we all have to pick up the slack. Get mad at them. The boss convinces the workers to accept their exploitation by pointing their anger in the wrong direction. Right, or and that's what a guy like Tucker Carlson's really kind of designed to do. He's not going to uh, direct you at the actual true, true, true sources of where we should be directing our prayers um our contempt, as the Bible talks about, that we just talked about in Psalm 123. No, that's typically not going to be the case. Like Carlson would say, One thing you learn when you grow up in a castle and look out across the moat every day at the hungry peasants out in the village yeah. is you don't want to stoke envy among the proletariat. Thanks, Tucker. So, how do you keep the hungry peasants in the village from storming the castle? Enter 
Tucker Carlson Tonight, the show that is the sworn enemy of lying, pomposity, smugness, and groupthink. Since it launched in 2016, Tucker's show has been a festival of false consciousness. Bombarding viewers... So he goes on to, you know... And a lot of the stuff he, he says he's railing against, I would obviously agree with because it's conservative principles. And again, that's why I'm only praying, playing three minutes. But what he said up to that point was absolute truth. It's right-left paradigm. Now, he would never acknowledge that little devil that was actually doing the monologue there. He would never acknowledge that his side is way more even corrupted than this side, than the right left. Than the you know he would never he would never acknowledge that the left is way more corrupted and evil and wicked than this. He's only going to myoptically look at the right and call out all the hypocrisy there, when his side, the left, are you know beyond evil and beyond wicked and overtly so he would never look at that because you know they're of the father of the devil and of his lust and of his works and of his thing you know they will do that's why i wouldn't do that so um let's go to the next report here on sunday november 13th which is you know around a week from now get ready for the climate repentance ceremony on Mount Sinai in Egypt, where the Ten Commandments were given to Moses by the hand of God. They're doing that for that reason. Okay. As the United Nations holds the COP27, a movement of satanic repentance coupled with a quest to bring together leaders from the world's major religions to put forth a prophetic interreligious call to action on climate justice. The 10 universal commandments of climate justice. So they had to do it with Mount Sinai as a backdrop where God gave the original 10 commandments and now they're gonna, these, these devils are gonna give us the climate justice 10 universal commandments now. To set humanity straight. The coming one world religion under the Antichrist is the basis on which the Abraham Accords were created, brought to life by the same person who sold Pope who sold Pope Francis' Declaration of Human Fraternity to the world back in 2019. Now at the UN COP27 climate conference in Sinai, Egypt, later this month, this coming one world religion will take will again take center stage as the interfaith leaders unveil their climate justice, 10 universal commandments, and repent of their climate sins to Mother Gaia Earth. What we are seeing right now is what back in the 1990s, and this is the person writing this report, when I first got saved, we imagined Bible prophecy would look like when it began to be fulfilled. You are not waiting for it in 2022. You are watching it come together before your very eyes. From the Interface Center for Sustainable Development, we read, and this is straight from, you know, Satan's mouth, between November 6th and the 18th in 2022, the UN Climate Conference COP27 will take place on the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt. Religious communities and religious leaders have a key role to play in addressing climate change and climate justice which requires deep transformation within society. The knowledge of what changes are critically needed to diminish the long haul harm to the planet is readily available though. However, bringing about change in action demands deeper changes in attitude, a change of heart. 
This has all been the domain of religions for millennia. Yeah, to brainwash people for the most part into whatever satanic system you know they want them to believe. Religions are a source of inspiration for the transformation of heart, you know, which is deceitful above, above all things and desperately wicked, according to the word of God. Anyway, for the transformation of the heart and the ensuing changes of attitude. To support, challenge, and inspire discussions during COP27, interfaith climate events will take place in Sinai that will be heart-stirring, transformative, and a moment of inspiration for religious communities and for the humanity. Religious leaders will call for a re-examination re of deep-seated attitudes and for identifying ways to transform these attitudes for the well-being of Earth, our common home, that they're totally seeking to destroy in every way, shape, and form they can. Anyway, to declare the conference participants to end the conference, participants signed the Jerusalem Interfaith Climate Declaration affirming the power of religion to preserve the environment. And this is just one more excuse for all these different false devil religions that will all take you straight to hellfire to come together as one and to yoke up and ultimately this will form the one world religion under any Christ and false prophet. This is just one more excuse for all that to happen. Mount Sinai, where the Ten Commandments were given to Moses by God, is a mountain whose memory and meaning loom large in a place of revelation in the cons collective consciousness of Christianity, Ju Judaism, Islam, and others. As an ancient sacred place, it was the site of prophetic experience in receiving God's message for the prophets of Moses and Elijah in all three Abrahamic traditions and the prophet Muhammad, the, oh, the child molester, yeah, the, of, of Islam, the one that started Islam, yeah, Muhammad. And in the Muslim traditions. Oh, you, did you know about that? Did you know that Aisha, his six-year-old bride, was his favorite bride of all of his wives? She was six years old when this perverted child molester married her. Muhammad, the starter of Islam. And the Bible says that the foundations be destroyed. What can the righteous do? Well, that's a really evil, corrupt foundation, if you ask me. Muhammad. And that was his favorite bride, six years old. But supposedly, he didn't consummate the marriage till she was nine, because he was so merciful. Like, I would believe anything out of that fork-tongued devil's mouth anyway. That's from their own writings, though. They admit to that. And that's why it's no big deal if you actually look at Islam, that it's no big deal to rape babies and goats and things of this nature. Because that's what—that's how they roll. That's how Muhammad rolled from way back. COP 27 taking place in Sinai can remind humanity of our sacred responsibility to care for God's creation, even though they're bent on destroying it and defiling it. As we launch the Sinai Climate Partnership at the summit of Mount Sinai, well, they're going to go to the very top. The initiative will unveil uh, climate justice, the 10 universal climate principles, which will shape how religious congregations address climate change and foster a new vision for humanity and its endangered existence. Well, I tell you, um, they may want to rethink this. <laughs> this, if, if ever I've seen anything where they're shaking their fist and defying God, 
I mean, Exodus 1918 and Mount Sinai was all together on, on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. May he do the same exact thing again on this wickedness. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? That all men would see and fear and declare the work of God. That they would wisely consider of God's doing. And the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in him. And all the upright in heart were glory. According to Psalm 64. May God rain down his fury on this wickedness. This blasphemy. And Mount Sinai was all together on a smoke. Because the Lord descended upon it in fire in a fire and the smoke whereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked greatly and the lord came down upon mount sinai on the top of the mount and the lord called moses up to the top of the mountain and moses went up it's not a place i'd i'd be messing with i mean unless god called me there again no fear god though no fear god at all mm, boy would i love to see the hand of god move Mm. see about 10 million people get saved as a result of what he'd do there or more in this spirit the project partners will bring together premier religious leaders oh they're premier they're the cream of the crop the creme de la creme only the best every one of those religious leaders their main goal whether they would admit it or not is to get you into hellfire that is their satanic calling. So I don't quite look at them like premier. You know? We will bring together premier religious leaders from the world's major religions to put forth a prophetic, oh, hopefully there will be a lot of false prophecies, in a religious call to action. The Climate Justice 10 Universal Commandments. This is an event delivered by the world religious leaders at its core is a work of the Elijah Board of World Religious Leaders. I look them these devils up and it's a cadre of false religion, mostly Catholics and Orthodox and every other sect of well, they've got they've got sects from Judaism and Buddhism and Christianity. It's false Christianity and all other. You you can go to their website and see for yourself. It's unbelievable. At its core is the work of the Elijah Board of World Religious Leaders, an active community of high-level, reprobate, hell-bound relig religious leaders. I added a little to their description, sorry. The Elijah Board of World Religion Leaders brings together some of the world's most satanically prominent religious figures from Judaism, Islam, Christianity, Buddhism, and, and the religions of India. All vessels of Satan doing their level best to please their beloved master, Lucifer. Now, I, I, again, I, I took a little literary license here in, in the description so sorry i got a little carried away there everything i said was actually totally true but you know hey the project partners to, uh, also seek to involve celebrities who have a track record of climate advocacy so okay so now we have celebrities yoked up with them as well we can only hope all right next report we're going to talk about just the economy in america and some in the uk here uh just a really quick one. Who's causing this diesel shortage? This is happening in North Carolina, which is the state I'm in, and it shouldn't be happening. This is just a pretty brief Twitter here. And let me just see. Yeah, I already had this pulled up here. Okay. 
So this is a guy driving around in his hometown in North Carolina and going up to the gas pumps and what he's seen. Another store right here in small town, Royal, beautiful North Carolina. No diesel. No diesel. I've never in my lifetime seen this happen. And I thought all this 25 days of diesel fuel left in America was a bunch of BS. That's two stores right here in my little small town that ain't got no diesel fuel. Truckers are scavenging, can't find fuel. There's not fuel for probably 50 miles around here. It's not looking good. Better. 50 miles i mean granted i don't know if that how accurate that is but wow i mean i like these boots on the ground reports you know um when we're hearing from people like this Remember who to vote for. all right so let's go further here then um just some headlines and i'm not going to get in all these headlines but i give you the links to them this, this will be coming out on my next newsletter oh um there's a um there's a picture here and it says it shows a diesel generator, a big, big Kohler diesel generator in a fence. And in front of it is a electric car station charger, meaning the diesel, the pouring diesel fuel into this generator in order to power this electric uh, charging station for the cars. But I thought that was the whole point of having an electric car so we wouldn't have to burn fossil fuels. And the 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 um, picture reads: Just pretend you don't see the big diesel generator in the background while you charge your electric car and save the world. <laughs> so I just you know little sarcasm there, but it's true. The, I mean, when you look at that, um, uh, owner reports final price tag to replace electric vehicle battery was only twenty three thousand dollars, which most of the time is worth at that point more than the car's even worth. We've reported on this in the past. And then electric vehicles are exploding from water damage after Hurricane Ian, top uh, Florida official warns. Yeah, because they're not really meant to be underwater. And, and the, the, um, when these things explode, the fires are so horrible and unique that most of the fire departments don't even know how to put them out. Just a few awesome things about them. Um, Another report reads, a crippling shortage of diesel fuel threatens to devastate Western economies in 2023. Fuel companies issue diesel shortage alert in North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina. I mean, that is true. I, I went to these links. I mean, it's not made up. Slow motion economic train wreck. Nearly 40% of small businesses in the U.S. failed to pay rent in October. What? Yeah, that's 40% of small businesses in the U.S. failed to pay rent in October. Then, buy lots of food and stock up now because this is going to be a really dark winter. Well, that remains to be seen, but I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't doubt it. Then, barges dead in the water in drought-stricken Mississippi River. I mean, this is, these, are, these are not rumors. This is not, oh, I heard, no, this is like boots on the ground, easy to find out stuff. Supply chains collapsing. Economic collapse now ends imminent mortgage demand has bottomed out as rents also begin to slow then why the world's pension funds are wrecked then americans are skipping meals and medications because they can't afford them then the middle class is dying 50 percent of all american workers made less than uh three thousand one hundred and thirty three dollars last month last year a month last year okay 
then on the verge of the worst homeless homeless uh, crisis in the entire history of the United States. These are all links you can click on if you want to know more. Uh, and in the UK, energy price cap, annual bills for, I believe this includes electric and gas, for the average household, the annual forecast is expected to hit 3,615 pounds by this winter as cost of living deepens. So that's quite a bit of, you know, uh, money there for just your electric or, I mean, and your fuel type of thing. That's just for the average household there. Uh, then we have this, boots on the ground, November 6th, people are cutting back on spending because they do not have it. Some comments about this read, having to choose between paying the electric bill or buying fuel oil has become a reality for so many in my area. Our our full food cupboard has seen double the amount of people, meaning I think people that are going there to get food. Um, food stamps applications have tripled. I know that even with food stamps working full time, I still can't buy fuel or oil. It's really crazy right now for everyone. I mean, really in the last month, I have seen just, I mean, man, things just really slowing down. I mean... I've seen it personally. Taylor's seen it at her job. There's just report after report after report of this going on. That this isn't like some rumor that this is happening. I've been warning about this for years, you know. Um, another guy said, pray and rally up for the people in Europe this winter and beyond. Pray for a free and prosperous Europe and for courage and bravery against tyranny. Oh, yeah, amen. And then another guy says, I'm a trucker. And this is this is relates to this short video I will be playing. I'm a trucker, and he says fuel prices aren't the problem. It's these DAMN brokers raping us on the rates. So I think I guess what they're being paid to take loads is what I'm pretty sure he's in reference to there. Yeah, and the, and you're you're going to see reiteration of that. So some of it, okay, some of it, let's say they can't get diesel, but then there's a lot of truckers that are just refusing to, to ship stuff now because it's costing them money. It's they're, it's like they were, they're losing money or maybe breaking even to take truckloads. So they're like, well, I'm not, I mean, if I can't make money, I'm not going to do this. Who could blame them? It's these DMN brokers raping us on the rates. I'm done hauling cheap freight. Okay, so let's hear what, some boots on the ground have to say about that. See if there's any um, any confirmation of that. Hey, you two, this is Southern Prepper One, and welcome to Boots on the Ground. If you have anything you could add to it, uh, send it to Southern Prepper One, Southern Prepper One at Yahoo.com. Just the number one, Southern Prepper One at Yahoo.com. That is the only email I use. There's scammers out there every day on my videos. Uh, don't respond to them, please. Let's get right into it. Boots on the ground. I work in the pulp and paper industry, and we just had a big meeting about our plans for next year. There's a paper mill in the southeast. Uh, U.S. that went down for some upgrades and has delayed startup from late October to mid-January because of no orders. Additionally, there are 10 paper mills on the West Coast that are shut, shut down as following. Two were shut down indefinitely. Three entire facilities shut down temporary for soft demand. One mill shut down, um, I think it's because of machine. Um, 
two shut down for lack of trees delivered to the site, one shut down because of transportation issue, and one shut down for building structural issues. So a total of 11 paper mills. Most of them make a liner board for corrugated paper board boxes and soft demand for boxes means people are not buying from Amazon. I heard you mention issue. Okay, now this is not playing, so I have no idea where the time is on this. So I'm gonna reload this and I'll be back. I heard you mention issues in the supply chain, most definitely. And it is not due to the lack of drivers, it is the lack of freight being shipped. My husband is an independent long haul trucker. He books his own loads. Today in Atlanta, he was looking for a load out. He said normally out of Atlanta within a 100 mile radius, a load board typically lists anywhere from 1,000 to 1,200 outgoing loads. Today, within a 350 mile radius, there was only 421 loads posted. This is one third of the normal freight in three times the area nothing worth taking pretty much loads that would have cost him to take due to the poor rates being offered um, he deadheaded uh, north to uh, Cincinnati and hope to find a load tomorrow fingers crossed man am I hearing from truckers um, just no loads or the loads do not pay enough because of the rising diesel costs. okay so here's a guy that's doing this every day he's got a report like basically seven days a week maybe he takes one day off i don't know but he's hearing that over and over that he's not talking a ton about the diesel here but he does talk about it but it's a combination of okay let's say there's there's not the diesel available and the truckers are like i'm not taking this for if, if i'm gonna make negative or or break even what is the point if i can't make some type of profit that's called making a living. <laughs> you can't you can't pay bills if you're not making some kind type of profit off what you're doing. I work for the Union Pacific Railroad. Have not heard of or seen anything from upper echelon of administration regarding any shortages of diesel fuel. I'm 65 years old and remember the coffee and the sugar shortages. Um, that occurred during the 70s. I believe the diesel shortage is manufactured to keep the citizens twisted up and fearful, a favor ployed by the government and a way to recoup the stimulus check doled out during the COVID crisis. Okay, so I'm letting, you know, okay, so that's his perspective, but there's other people out there, boots on the ground saying that there's no diesel available here, okay? He's in the railroad, so that's a totally different, he's he's not a trucker on the road and, and that type of thing, so it, it's hard for him to know what, is obviously going on all over the country. I just want all to remember to keep their heads, do what you can, remember that God is still on the throne and everything will come out in the wash. I'm a fuel hauler based in Tampa Bay area. I've been doing this for 20 of the past 22 years uh, with the most of my experience being based in Ohio Valley in the Midwest. In the past three weeks, getting diesel has been a pain. I've routinely been going through five to seven suppliers for each load looking for uh, so there's a guy that's been hauling fuel for 20 years, 20 out of the last 22 years, and he's saying it's getting harder and harder. It's there. Sometimes it isn't. Uh, and you have to go to the customer without it. We knew the shortage was coming because of the anticipated, we anticipated this in the late spring and early summer. Um, on the heel of this shortage being anticipated, we were contracted to haul diesel from Jacksonville, Florida, to a state up north uh, not too far up north um, 
and this was for the state to stockpile diesel. Um, these loads took about 14 hours to complete and paid the driver over $1,000 a day. So the freight rate was probably close to double that. Anyone who tells you the shortage isn't real is just trying to make themselves seem clever. In my two decades of doing this, I've never seen supplies this tight. That includes the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Okay, so, you know, there's some, there's some, now that goes to the, about the 20 minute mark, but uh, I kind of wanted just to, for time's sake, wanted to give you the cliff note version there. But he does one of those every single day, just about. And it's pretty much the same stuff you keep hearing. Now, um, I'm going to be over on time if I try to get this next part in. So I'm going to end part one here, and we will see you in part two next. God bless you.